from StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Welcome to Marketing Money Mindset, bringing you interesting true stories on how clever marketing ideas create money opportunities with a conscious mindset producing impact and success. Together, lover of marketing Elisa Sparks Lane from the Ellen Sparks Agency and Jennifer Rojas from Next Gen Consulting share their experiences on how success is so much more than creating cash flow. True success comes when you nurture your business, body, and brain in order to get the most out of your business and in life. Join the dynamic duo on our journey to success. Ready? Set. Listen. Good morning. So it is not Jennifer who is co-hosting with me today. It's Melissa Mendeville's back for a second week. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me again. This is super exciting. So I won't even mention Mich- or Jennifer, whatever her name is. I can't even remember it now. <laughs> Since she's at the ocean having a great time and I lost my hearing right now. All right, we're back. But um, yeah, she's doing a great time. She's showing off on uh, the beach, playing around and having a good time. So next week I'm taking off. There you go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll be here. Um, so today we're actually really excited. It's going to be an amazing show. And yeah. I'm going to give it to you, Melissa. All right. Awesome. So today I have with me uh, Mr. and Mrs. Urias, Roman and Rochelle. Um, So I invited them to be on the show today um, because I I know Roman from a previous program we were doing together and uh, got re-related to him. And he just shared authentically what he's been going through and what he and his wife are out to create. And I was just super inspired by your story and what the two of you are creating and what you're up to. And so, yeah, I would like to introduce them. They're so Roman and Rochelle, they're certified prepare enriched facilitators, empowered couple facilitators, and they're currently working on their NLP, which is a neuro linguistic programming certification. And they're growing their vision to help those dealing with addiction, toxic habits, and blended families to evolve, thrive, prosper, and reach new heights. So I'd love, love, love to introduce them to all of you, the listeners. And why don't you tell us like how the two of you met and about your tribe that you're creating, like what you guys are up to. So I'll give it over to you. All right. Well, thank you. Um, So a little bit about how we met. We actually met through one of my sister's healing, holy healing Bali Bali retreats, which is like a little bit where personal development meets travel. Mm. And ever since upon seeing her, my second time, I actually approached her and we just kind of just clicked after that. Yes, yeah, so we actually met in, in one of their uh, backyard events. It was very nice. I was selling essential oils, and he came up to me and um, bought some of my oils, and it's been taken off ever since then. I go. thought she was going to name how many ago. years? How many years? Yeah. That was about two years ago. Two years. A little over two years. So you got married pretty quick. Yes. yes. We knew. <laughs> hey, they hit it yeah. off. You know, when, <laughs> when it's there, it's there. Mm-hmm. And I let personal development and traveling two of my favorite things so right. fun and maybe that's a, where maybe that's where i'll meet my my future there, guy you there never you know go. Yeah. personal development wow, and traveling. That i'm on really the well. right i'm on the right track here <laughs> that's good <laughs> and you have a blended family now is that uh yes we do how many um a total of three children three kiddos so i have two of my own and then roman has his daughter so How's it's, that been? it's been a fun journey very exciting um, ages from 14, 8 to 5. So it's a, a nice spread. Nice. But Has that been big challenges for them? I think two years for them doesn't really seem like... 
It does. We were always um, very upfront and open with them, um, asking them, like, what do you think about Roman? What do you think about, you know, his daughter? Um, just looking for input because we knew blending a family, it wasn't just he and I in a relationship. It was mm -hmm. all of us in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So we just had to look for their input and make sure that they were comfortable, they felt safe, and just join them along the journey. Mm. That's beautiful. Very beautiful. How about you, Roman? How's it been for you? In the, um, you? Do you have the oldest, the youngest? I have the youngest. Oh. So it has been an extraordinary ride that just has just begun fully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of um, opportunities to embrace and enhance communication among everyone in the household has been something to really take on and really develop. You know, just now, upon starting our business, we've actually been seeing massive changes in behaviors, mm. attitudes, um, and the enjoyment. Like, from now on, like, typically at least out of the days, four days out of the week, we shut down all electronics, all internet, and we bust out board games, and we go back old school. You're taking it back. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> I love it. I love board games. <laughs> that's fantastic. I love it. All right. So you brought up your business mm -hmm. and your organization. So mm -hmm. tell us, like, all about that and how you your blended family and what you're discovering about each other how it led to this so when we met we both had really good jobs we were making well over six figures and very comfortable and we kind of looked at each other like this is nice but we want something more mm. we want something more especially with my past which we'll probably get into a little bit later but i was addicted um to drugs for about 10 years and i got clean um i turned my kids in i got clean and you know, life just kind of hit and money was something I needed. So I, I landed a really nice job being a delivery driver for a food distributor. Did you get clean first before you landed the job? Oh, yeah, or? absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just to be yeah. clear. Yeah, it was um, probably about a year and a half into that. So, yeah, we'll go into detail that. So we, we, got, we got super comfortable. However, we definitely wanted more abundance for our family. Like, yes, we were making good money, but we were very limited to, at least on my job, two weeks of vacation. Mm. Um, I was working 80 hours, 70, 60 to 80 hours a week. I um, really wasn't home, really wasn't there. And when I was, I was super exhausted, super tired, heavy physical labor. And so we definitely didn't want our marriage and our unity to go dull. So we started to seek out mentorship and how can we make our marriage actually be something that could inspire families. And so growing up, I grew up in a broken home and a step family. She grew up in a blended family. And we realized like there's just so much lack of communication or just so much just not focused on the tribe itself, like as the family. And we really wanted to inspire and help families to like really allow couples to take life by the horns and offer their children the chance to live life fearlessly and limit, limit, limitlessness. And so that's where our business really started to kick in. Cause like, we want to travel, we want to go and speak. I want to share my message on, on my sobriety and what it takes or what, you know, you can develop it. Um, and also helps expand family life. And the only way we want to do that is by contributing and helping people. So we know as our business flourishes and we get that, many families get to prosper in, in that whole process. And how do you help people? Like when you say that, what's, mm -hmm. what's the, so our goal will be um, 
family coaching where we focus mainly on the couple, but it's just to empower the conversation with the children. As Roman was saying, we, we get stuck into the technology and the electronics where it's like we don't have authentic, open communication with our children anymore. Um, and I know for us, it's even about sitting at the dinner table and asking our kids what their fears are, like what did they struggle with? What did they fail at? And how can we learn from that and turn it into a success? And that's what our goal is with the coaching, just to change the conversation that we have in our families and make it much more powerful and open and positive. And we do that through the coaching, but we will also be doing public speaking as well. Mm -hmm. We actually got this fun event coming up on the 19th of this month. Um, we're doing a 15-minute presentation on how to turn life's challenges into opportunities and use them as fuel to get you to like help you bust through the next level up, get you through the next ceiling in life. Yeah, love that. Taking a challenge and turning it into an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because our definite dream is to go out, public speak, and relay the message and touch as many hearts of families and people that are, you know, addiction can go so many directions. It's not just drugs. It could be a fixation on, like, eating or work or gambling. Technology. <laughs> Techno yeah. 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 Technology, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. So, and we definitely have a Facebook page. It's Harmonize Your Tribe. And there we share tips um, on how to just go about life and how to feel more abundant and we constantly just wanting to interact with people because the thing is like two heads are definitely better than one what's working for our family might not work for others however we can collaborate and share and as more people join then we'll actually have this circle where people can come and really find out how to take the next step in life it's, it's so interesting when, when we create these shows, we never know how it's going to go. And, and it's funny how it started with a conversation I had with one of our sponsors, Ken Edwins, and he told me about David Cook, mm -hmm. who's our other guest. And you actually came up with the name of the show, which I don't usually allow. Like, there's a little <laughs> some control issue I have. But when I heard um, Selfless Listening... And we had a conversation that really provided a space that actually you you showed me a space that I, I don't even think I even knew at the time. And um, welcome to the show. Thank you. First off. And um, you're actually providing education for family members and resources and coaching programs to navigate life through addictions as well. Correct. And the chaos that actually comes from that. And um, usually when you're in that chaos, you can't even see straight, let alone communicate. And it was just wonderful to hear how you're always open to listening for what's there and what's possible and deep down. And you actually had a really close encounter of chaos with a family member. And I also want to welcome you and, you know, tell us more. Well, first of all, I want to let me congratulate Roman on his journey. Um, ten years, ten years with an addiction, and then into sobriety. I know how much work that takes, and all I got to do is tell you, I love you, man, for what you're doing. Thank you, man. And there's, I think, um, people just don't understand that story of addiction. And every time I hear somebody say, "I'm on a recovery journey, long-term recovery," I got to tell you that those are the most brave courageous and connected people in the world because they learn more about themselves than anybody else in the whole wide world. So you're, you're on point, man. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I have a very similar story, except mine isn't about me, it's about my son. So I have a son who's been on a 10-year journey with a heroin addiction. And as a parent who unconditionally loves his kid, I was that guy who did everything I could to try to help my son find his recovery, only to realize that there wasn't enough love in the world to get him to embrace that until he made a decision in his life that he had to change something. And um, But what really shifted for me in that whole thing is, is that I went from being in rescue mode which included um, judging myself for all the failings that he had and giving myself um, the blame for not being able to inspire, motivate, encourage, change my son's life. I realized that I had made his addiction about me instead of making his struggle about him. And that's when I shifted to this thing that I call selfless listening. It started being, instead of trying to be the parent that I thought I needed to be, how do I be the parent that my son needs me to be? Mm. Which requires me to step back and give him a safe place to share his story, his struggles, the things that he's going through, so that he knows that um, all he's getting from his dad is love and acceptance, not criticism and judgment. And when he can do that, then he is in a place where he can experience my love all the time, knowing that he can tell me what he's doing and what he's going through and what he's struggling with and what's getting in the way and what he's learning and what he's experiencing. And that what, what that does is that opens up the lines of communication and allows us to help encourage heal grow together and that's uh, that was a that was a big shift in our thing and it started long before my son embraced his long-term recovery but now that he's in his long-term recovery we have an opportunity to talk and we're talking from a place where it's like hey dude what's going on in your world and he can tell me knowing he's safe and i just think that that um in this world today where we're disconnected and we're struggling and where there are a lot of people that are standing on street corners telling you how right we are that means that the person on the other side of the corner has to be so wrong. It doesn't allow us an opportunity to understand what the uh, person on the other side of the street is thinking, feeling, experiencing, struggling with because we're too busy being right and judging them for where they are. Thank you. Extraordinary. Well, and I, I don't even know if anyone can say that we haven't been, you know, someone that has judged or, mm-hmm. or said something or or thought something and and it's just like a human thing for us sometimes but you know where you're coming from like you just seem extraordinary it's just both of you like just extraordinary people that are just like putting their lives in front Mm -hmm. so to speak like you're just allowing your life to be an example for someone else well i don't know if that's it but (laughs) (laughs) well i mean it takes something to just be in the conversation of it most people will hide or try to avoid it or you know, you can't say that because people will judge you. Well, I, th- I think I th- Rochelle used two very powerful words, and um, at least one of them for sure was authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, authenticity is something that we struggle with in society because we're trying to be something. And in trying to be something, that means that we're not trying to be who we are. And when we're trying to accomplish something or be something, then what we're doing is we're presenting people this facade of something, you know, the whole notion of fake it till you make it. Well, let's want to just be who you are, where you are. Mm-hmm. But we can't do that because we're so afraid of what other people will think. You know, I mean, that's, that was the struggle I had for the longest time in business is that I felt like, you know, I, my, my resume says X and, you know, my college degrees say Y and all that stuff. So I should be this guy. That's the struggle I had with my son. I should be this dad who I'm an inspiring, engaging, gregarious sort of fellow. How come I can't inspire, motivate, guide my son from his addiction? See, I was into that mode. I, I should be able to. Well, you know what? That has nothing to do with it. What my son really needed me to was be real with him. 
And that's what we struggle with in society is how do I, I don't know if I can be real. I don't, can, I don't know how to admit that I'm broken. I don't know how to admit that I'm struggling. I don't know how to admit that I'm confused. And when we do that, then other people start to trust us. And when they trust us, they trust us with who they are. And they start to share where they're struggling and broken and confused. And now we have an opportunity to meet each other in a place of um, chaos, confusion, brokenness, and we can lift each other up. But we can't lift each other up if we're all walking around with boxing gloves on <laughs> and punching each yeah. other out. Yeah. Uh, so true. <laughs> true. It's like you don't want to look a certain way, so you're just trying to avoid the whole thing. And maybe that's where the social media became something that's like, at least if I'm looking at my phone, nobody could pay attention to me. Or if I just post the greatest things, nobody will notice and not being in that conversation. So how did you start the 100 pedals? Like, what's the story behind that? Uh, from a place of complete brokenness. Yeah. Um, and it's not flowers, like I thought. No, it's 100, 100 <laughs> pedals like the bike pedals. But basically, uh, one night in the middle of the night when my son was living on the street, I uh, woke up and I just realized how broken my life was. And I said, you know, I got to figure out a way to get through this. And um, cycling has always been a really good physical meditative activity for me, but I wasn't doing it much because I was so immersed in rescue mode for my son. And one day I just said, you know, dude, you got to, you got to do something to take care of yourself. And it's like, okay, what is it? And I decided to give myself a challenge. And the challenge was to ride my bike for an hour a day for 100 consecutive days, knowing that um, continuously uh, driving myself to a daily meditative would clear my head and, you know, trusting that it would take me to a different place. And that's really what it was. I just got on my bike and I rode every day and I meditated. You know, it wasn't about losing weight. I mean, you guys can't see me. I'm on the radio, thank God. But um, <laughs> it wasn't about the exercise piece. It was about the meditative piece and clearing my head and organizing my thoughts. And what it did over the course of 100 days is it shifted my whole perspective on who I was as a dad and where I was with this journey. In fact, I, I got off the bike and I, my son rode the last four miles of the last of the 100th day. And I just said to him, I said, I can no longer be involved with your recovery and he shocked me. He kind of looked at me. He says, that's good, Dad, because now I can focus on it. Mm. And the message was very clear. Dad, you're so immersed in my life that I'm not even taking care of my life. Mm. And those bike rides gave me the power to recognize that I can be the dad that's loving my child without having to step in his world and rescue him. I can walk alongside of him and encourage him and love him. Wow. It's a whole different game. Wow. Robin, you're, you're over there. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> I just, oh, David, just amazing. I wish, um, you know, there's not many parents out there that really get that. You know, I actually had uh, a coach actually do that, show me that authentic love and affinity. Um, my parents couldn't deliver it because they didn't know that technology was around. But ultimately, that, that's exactly right, you know, um, just wanting to be heard and being felt um, addiction, that behavior pattern doesn't just start on a dime. It, it takes years to really have a resentment to want to not better yourself. And a lot of mine was, you know, the lack of, um, or the overpowering mom I had at the time throughout the years. And I really wanted control out of my life. And I wanted to show her that, how dare you, you know? Mm. I decided to take a real dark path and it led me, um, you know, to drugs, obviously, um, thinking that having kids would fix it and it didn't. Um, but just hearing that, hearing you, I just, I, if there's any way I can get that 
information out to parents that are in that situation. Like that is, that's the golden nugget there. That's what parents that are going through that need to hear and, and need to allow the, child, the, the individual going through it is that I get it. Yeah. What do you need from me? You know, I'm not here to criticize. I don't know what's going on in your mind. I don't know how life is for you, but I want you to know I love you and I just want to be on your side because I always got like, get your life together. Just say no. What are you doing? You know, you just had this job, this job, and you just, you know, you had to dodge a drug test, you quit, you got, you got fired, and just, like, oh, you're, you're just belittle, 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 belittle. And all that did was ever fuel um, my performance in addiction, yeah. you know, and until I actually seeked help. Um, um, when, I, when I finally got heard by someone with an open heart, an open mind, open eyes, um, I want it better. Mm. And it was just, it just shattered those walls that I, I built in like a matter of seconds. I knew exactly what I needed to do. I've been addicted to dr multiple drugs for 10 years. I have kids. How do I make sure this addiction doesn't come back and haunt me? You know, it doesn't come back and take me away from my kids. So I actually, I actually um, volunteered to, uh, for a dependency case for CPS and turned them in because I knew that I wanted to be the best father I could for my, my parents. Or, my, my parents and my children, <laughs> yeah, for, just it's for true. my life. <laughs> and, um, but I also knew my behavior. I knew that I could say things that look good and then go back on my word later. So I really put myself, the ultimate test, the best ultimatum I knew was to, if I failed, well, at least my daughters would be okay, you know? Mm. But if I won, I won. Wow. You know? So, and other than that, <laughs> like, wow, I had to... I was so inspired by just being heard after 10 years of people not knowing what to, what to say or what to do or to help me. Um, and it's completely just, I laser focus showing up as a powerful father to my children, um, an extraordinary person in my life. And I always wanted to be a motivator for people. Mm. I, wanted to, I want them to have what I have when they're willing to want it, you know? And that's what keeps me clean nowadays. Because wow. to be those things, drugs, Drugs are not in alignment with that. So every time I wake up, I'm like, who are you today? Oh, I'm not a person that uses. I'm an extraordinary father. I'm an, like a phenomenal husband today. And I want right. to <laughs> be a phenomenal person for my community mm. and for this world. And as long as I keep that at the top of my head and my, and my actions correlate that, yeah, drugs can never seep back in. Mm. Won't ever seep back in, I should say. I will say. You know, um, it's all right if I go, but uh, yeah. um, you know, one of the things that you touched on, on Roman, is, is, and it's huge, is that parents don't realize, and this is, this is just parents in general, this is a societal parent statement, is we don't realize how much we're shaming our, ki our kids. We create expectations for them, but the expectations are based on how we envision our children need to be, who they are. You know, the, and, we, and, and the yardstick is, is my, are my kids getting all A's in school? Are they the captain of the soccer team? Are, you know, they, <laughs> they're hanging out with the good kids and all that other stuff. And we, we measure our success as a parent by those things. And so when they struggle in school, it's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you getting C's? That's unacceptable. Or and let me tell you if, you, don't, if you don't get the right grades, you can't go to the right college. If you can't go to the right college, you can't get the right job. And if you can't get the right job, you can't get the right spouse and live in the right neighborhood and all that other stuff. And it becomes all these things that mom and dad have defined as outcomes. Well, if I don't meet my parents' expectation, I run the risk of disappointing my parents. If I disappoint my parents, what do I experience when they tell me that I've disappointed them? Shame, mm -hmm. which is what Roman was alluding to. Mom mm -hmm. says, you know, I can't believe it. you lost your job. You failed that drug test. You did. 
and all they're doing is, is that they're shaming them, and, and, the, and the, the response is, there's something wrong with me that I can't do what I'm supposed to do. Well, what I'm supposed to do is be who I've been designed to be. So if my child is not designed to be an all-A student, does that mean I should shame him for not being an all-A student? No, what I should do is encourage him to be the best person that he can be and discover, this is the self-assisting piece, is discover what wires him, what motivates him, what inspires him, what guides him, so that I can encourage him to follow the path that his heart is actually driving him to be on. Mm. I had a real aha moment is with my youngest son is... Um, because I was a troubled child in high school and college. That's, Not you, David. Oh, yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> the list is long and it's distinguished. And even my son, after 10 years through his journey, has said, Dad, I can't believe it. You were a worse kid than I was. I said, yes, I was, but I got away with it. Um, I got lucky. <laughs> but um, So when he struggled in school, I raised him as though he was a little me. So I raised him in the mirror of my personality and my drivers and all that other stuff. And one day a friend of mine told, you know, when he was like 22 years old, says, I'll tell you what, let's do a personality test on your son. And they had already done it on me and on my wife. And so they said, I said, sure, fine. And he participated and he was really eager. And she came back and she said, and my wife is the exact opposite personality as me, exact opposite in every way, shape and form. And I raised him, keep in mind, I raised him as though he was a little me. He was a little my wife. And when she gave him the personality profile and shared with him that stuff, he burst into tears because for the first time in his life, somebody understood him. Hmm. Even though I was loving my son to death, I wasn't giving him what he needed based on who he was. Yeah. Wow. I'm really present to, like, the power of being heard Hmm. um, in communication, right? Like, really being gotten... And so with selfless listening, like, is there, can, are you doing stuff with families, like, around that? Like, because I'm very clear, like, you know, parents do the best that they can with what they're given. There's no manual on how to be a parent. And, you know, we want the best for our kids. And how do we, you know, there's, there is a fine line between, like, our expectations and outcomes and then, you know, wanting the best for your children. But are you shaming them into something? So, like, how do families get empowered around this? Are you doing something about that around selfless listening well we do workshops on selfless listening and it's and it's exactly that it's the it's the practice of teaching teaching moms and dads how to um you know the reason it's called selfless is because um it's not about me it's about Mm -hmm. them and so when i sit there and i have a conversation with whoever's sitting across the table from me and when we're having a conversation the idea being is, is tell me what i need to know and i just listen and I ask probing questions and more probing questions. And what I do is I try not to interrupt, inject, you know, disclaim, discount, you know, defend any of that other stuff. It's like, okay, just tell me what I need to know. And you go deeper and deeper. So that's what we coach parents on doing. Because what happens is when we see our kids going sideways, the fear of being seen as a bad parent interrupt our progress and we start to inject ourselves into that those those fears take over and the whole idea being is to learn to trust your love for your child and that's one of the things that you know that parents that i coach they're dealing with you know parents who are dealing with children with substance use issues that's it they say what happens if what well let's worry you want to worry about the worst case scenario you just want to do the things that you know you can do I said, well, I would like to do both. I said, well, the best thing you can do is to be the best you that you can be for your kid, which is trusting your love for them and trusting in your wisdom of how to love them in that space based on what you know. And you can't know what you know 
until you talk to them and have them share what you need to know. Otherwise, you're making assumptions on what you believe. And listen. It's all listening. And listening, yeah, that's it's, the key. It's, it's all yeah. core. Yeah, the whole core is listening. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break so I can blow my nose. And, um, <laughs> yeah, just, just a lot of love in the room. So yeah, totally. We'll be right back. <laughs> The saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, build a team. If you're ready to take your company to the next level, but aren't sure how to find the best candidates, NextGen HR Consulting can help. NextGen specializes in social recruiting strategies, talent engagement, and direct hire searches so you can get the right people in the right place at the right time. NextGen HR Consulting. Discover, engage, and grow. Did you know that women-owned businesses represent one of the fastest-growing segments in the U.S. economy? At Harahub, we've designed a co-working space and business accelerator where entrepreneurial women can create and collaborate in a professional, productive, spa-like environment. We provide members with connections to other business experts, access to educational workshops, and visibility within the community, giving them the support they need to be prosperous. Register for a tour today at harahub.com backslash phoenix. Harahub. Collaborate. Connect and thrive. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset, the place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mindset intersect. With your hosts, Elisa Sparks Lane and Jennifer Rojas. Hey, we're back with Melissa today. And um, we're actually talking about on the break about how learning is also something that actually is affected. Absolutely. Um, just growing up, to Dave's point, active listening is its so major in the growth of any individual, no matter the age. Um, our middle child, she's, she just turned eight, but this year she started struggling in math, and that was because they were doing time tests and they had to get 100 problems done in five minutes, and she couldn't meet that. She was struggling to meet that. Um, and I started noticing it on homework, and we would have conversations about it. And she would always be scared to talk to me about it. And I would be like, you've done nothing wrong. You're not in trouble. You know, we're just talking. We're trying to figure it out so we can best help you. How old is she? She just turned eight in May. Oh, so she's little. Yeah, she's tiny. But I mean, starts they, young. Right. It <laughs> it's like the pressure of life. Exactly. And it's like she was already feeling that I would be upset with her or that we would be upset with her, she'd get in trouble. But the thing is, it was just the timing factor. She wasn't quick. But the thing is, she knew the problem. So it's like, okay, so let's focus on practicing to get the problems maybe a little quicker. But I even told her, if you continue to bring these scores home, I'm not going to be mad at you. Your teacher might have frustrations or problems, but the thing is, I'm not going to be mad at you. I know that you put your work in. Well, and at the end of the day as a teacher, because Melissa may be able to give some insight on that one too, like yeah. your teacher actually wants you to succeed too. So Absolutely. there may be something there that you can look at. Absolutely. Like maybe the time pressure is something. Like I have mm -hmm. one son that had that. And when we discovered it, we're like, he just needs more time and he excelled. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we all want people to win, but you know, sometimes it's, you know, changing the game a little bit or allowing them to catch up to understand what the game is. 
Exactly, and that goes back to Dave's point. With parenting, you can't always parent. Yeah, the same. Everybody the same. Mm -hmm. You know, each person needs their own techniques or styles, and that's one of the hardest things as a parent, figuring out what each child needs because each one's going to be different. Uh, and it's something powerful because that way you can learn how to do it two ways. Yeah. Like I was one of those struggling students and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And at one point I shut down and it wasn't until I had a teacher that really took in some interest. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, wait, there's something here. And I figured it out. And then I was like, A plus all the way. But it takes something. It takes someone to really listen and to be there with you and go, let's figure it out together. Because I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. Like we're not or knowing how to no. do the math problem. No. And just as parents, you know, we're, we're like taking, it takes you back to like being a student all over again when that baby's born, you know. Mm. It's like you have no manual, you have nothing. It's just totally. going by intuition and what feels right. And when your children are able to, allowing them to live their lives. Like mm. they're going to grow up and they're going to be gone and... Mm but they will still hold on to the things that we instilled or like we showed them, but it's like allowing them to pick up that on their own. We're a guide for them. We're not a teacher and tell them this is what you need to do. Yeah. I've gotten really lucky. I have two amazing grown sons. I'm it's, and I learned so much from them and they've given me the mom. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in those moments, I'm like, okay, shut down, shut up, <laughs> and listen. Listen. And yeah, and allow that moment to really be with what he's saying versus what I think he's saying, because that's probably the first moment you'll lose the audience. And, you know, it's it's shut down moment or, you know, elevate the conversation. Absolutely. So it's been, I'm grateful for the people in my life right now. Well, you know, that's a um, really good point is when your son says to you, that's not what I meant, um, and going to that statement saying, yeah, okay, I'm going to just step back and give them an opportunity to clarify for them to be able to feel safe to do that. Because a lot of times uh, children will shut down. If they know they're not going to be heard, they'll shut down. Totally. And then, you know, then what do you have? Well, they know my parents don't understand, my parents won't listen to me, and they don't get it, and all those frustrations. And so then that, as they carry the story forward, is, is that, yeah, my parents don't care. Mm -hmm. And that's not, you know, Melissa, you brought that up earlier. You know, yes, you know, we all, we all studied from the same book. It was blank when we started. And our kids are on their journey despite our flaws and our failures and our warts and our wisdom and all of that stuff. I mean, we made it up as we went. And one of the things that we said we were going to do, we all probably said this at some point in our raising our kids, I'm not going to do what my mom or dad did. And yep. the funny thing is, is what you resist persists. So usually you end up finding yourself, holy crap, I ended up, do I sound like my mom? Do I sound like my dad? <laughs> and the reason you do is because you actually were so determined not to do it that you did it in a different way, but it ended up being the same thing. Yeah. Well, and it's even gotten me to a space to have conversations with my parents to see what's there for them. And like, how was it to have me as a child? And that experience was then, like, that was eye-opening too. Like, it was like, it was frustrating at times. You know, we didn't know what to do with you. And, and it's funny looking back, but there was, there was definitely no listening either way. Like, there just wasn't an opening to really be authentic and be who you are at that moment. Because arguments start and then all conversation ended, you know? 
And I think, you know, we'll just listen to Rochelle talk is that this, the other thing is that kids get, um, it's easy for children to get confused when they don't understand the difference between shame and guilt. Um, guilt is, you know, like I joked earlier, you know, I've got a litany of things that I did wrong in life. Those are things guilty as charged. Yeah, did you do that? Oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> um, you know, and there's a, there's a list, but that's, those, are, those are events. Those are circumstances where I did something wrong. Not being able to do a math test isn't about me doing something, you know, being bad. But we get confused, and it's like, oh, is there something wrong with me? And so they start to experience the shame. And if they start to experience that I'm different, there's something wrong with me, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm not smart, I'm not cute, I'm not thin, whatever it is, we start to carry those things forward. And how we treat that pain can find itself in a multiple of ways. And, you know, like, like Roman said earlier, you know, addiction just isn't about substance abuse. It's about what do we do to make ourselves feel better in our pain. And our pain is usually something related with, uh, to trauma or shame that we're carrying in our life. Was that, was that for you? I mean, yeah, exactly. I, um, I was mainly grew up in a household to be seen, not heard. Mm -hmm. So anytime I did have a conflict, I was to go in my room and not, not express, not, um, not deal with what was so, you know, and that just, that just boils up with a lot of, you know, shame and um, like, I guess resentment is probably the best word. Resentment is what really fueled a lot of my behavior, whether it was drugs or not, but just always arguing as a, with a, uh, my parents as a teenager. Um, but um, I guess the best thing now is knowing that when I let go of all that resentment from my mom and my dad and my family, and people, um, I began to really love myself. There's actually room to really love, and um, lost my train of thought. <laughs> I think right there you have something huge. I mean, just loving people is right there. Yeah. Well, and and that access, not only love yourself, but like open it up to others too. Mm -hmm. Like you may or may not see something in your parents. Like that was something I got to see mm -hmm. when I opened the conversation to my parents. Like. Mom, I remember this happened. Like I was doing mm -hmm. this and you yelled at me. Did that really happen that way? Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, my yeah. mom's Cuban and she's got yeah. that like, you know, like just powerful being, which yeah. like she was just like, no, this is what happened. And just seeing it in a different way allowed space to, you know, it, have compassion. Yeah, exactly. I remember now um, it just opened up so much to where like my relationship with my mom now is just like night and day. Mm. Like it just, it can never happen almost, you know, it's just like. I, there actually was a time of guilt when I realized what I was doing and I just felt really guilty about how I treated my mom, my family, how I was willing to jeopardize my life with substance abuse um, to maybe them walk in with me dead or something. And I, they were just like, please don't, don't go that, down that road. And I was like, okay, fine. Do you think it was a cry for help at that time? Um, or could that have been something that just kind of just showing, like, listen, like there's something here. And I don't know. I'm totally coming from a space of I have no idea. Like while I was using? Yeah. Um, I mean, it could always be interpreted that way for sure. I mean, I was using because I was pissed that my life was not going my way. And no matter what I did, as many times as I, I stopped drugs, they just crept back in because I wasn't willing to face the person I was being. I wasn't wanting to be the source of my, of my problem. You know, so it probably was a cry for help. 
But again, my parents were like, you know, they grew up like, I can't really speak for them, but what it felt like in my experience was like, you know right from wrong, figure it out, you know. Um, but the version of David um, showed up as my sister. She came, called me, and was like, hey, um, I love you, mm-hmm. and I don't care about anything that happened in the past. I don't care about what you've been doing or what you've done. I just want my brother back. So you tell me how I can support you. And that was a game changer. That was probably like, she like literally saved so much turmoil in my life. Cause like, I kid you not, after that one phone call, just that one phone call of her being my number one fan, um, my life shifted like just 180 in the other direction. And I just got my life. This is the best moment to know that like people do care. It just, have to be willing to hear it and they have to be willing to show it yeah wow yeah, i know <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> awesome right. there, you know that's um that's a such a powerful story and i can't tell you how many times i've heard this from other people in long-term recovery and there's a there's a research project and i wish i could cite the exact statistic but they the, the exact source but the basically the research says that in, um in about 70% of the cases where people made a significant shift in their behavioral, you know, changed their life for the better, if you will, was because of they experienced somebody who connected with them, where they trusted them and they felt love. And, and that's what Roman's sharing about, and, you know, my, and, and my son would tell you, and then I have a couple other friends have given the same kind of testimony. There was a, a woman that I did a podcast with, you know, several years ago, and um, she embraced long-term recovery shortly after one day her mom found her on the streets the, in the hotel that she was staying at. She just came in this room where she was, and she says, I just want to let you know I love you. I don't love this, mm-hmm. but I love you, and gave her a hug and left. And she's like, wow, you're really in this. After all I've done and after all that you've experienced and all that stuff, you found me out to tell me that you loved me, and it just interrupted everything. Like Roman said, it was that, that safety net that said there is a ray of hope, and that's the most important thing is, is that when our, you know, our children are, especially those in, you know, substance use and, and stuff is that they're, they're on the risk of losing hope. You know, they look at their life in ruins and chaos. It's like, what's the sense? And they come, they go into recovery and they try to battle their way out, but they don't feel any hope. They don't feel any results. And they say, okay, forget it. I'm just, and they go back to the same old ways and they're struggling to find hope. And then if their parents are having nothing to do with them, you know, the old world famous tough love approach, their parents are having nothing to do with them. The kids are saying, yeah, what's the hope? The one place I'm supposed to find love, experience love is with my mom and dad, and even they've given up on me. There is no hope. So when somebody drops that, that love message on them from a place, you know, right from the heart, and it's a hug, and they connect with it, they go, oh, there's a road home. There's a road out of here. There is hope. Not everybody grabs that lifeboat. But there is one, and they see it, and they experience it, and it does give them a, an, an opportunity to at least realize they can find it if they want it. Well, and on that topic, what is a good way to reach out to you or get in contact or if someone's listening to this and kind of can relate or have someone in their lives that, you know? Well, the best way is um, Dave at 100 Pedals, um, the number 100, 100 Pedals, like the bike pedals dot com and drop me an email and um we'll connect and in fact 
as I was driving in here today, somebody called me from Connecticut, said, Dave, I need you, you know, and, and um, truthfully, I love those conversations because there are so many parents who are struggling and they don't know what to do. And we talked about this earlier, you know, the shame of failure, the fear of failure, the judgment that comes with perceived failure and stuff like that. I love it when mom and dad can step up and just say, I love my kid, but I, I don't know what I need to do. And they're willing to 911 somebody to say, I need to do something. I need to figure this out. And that's really where it starts. Um, so many parents are just sit back and they give up or they get frustrated or they fear this, you know, failure that they can't do something been there that's what got me on my bike but it's such a gift when you have the courage to step up and ask for help and so if you're sitting here listening to this now is that um, whatever's going on in your life with your child or with your you know other relationships some adversity there is a path through it but I can also tell you that the path is not found when you just do it by yourself I got lucky but that's because I'm a very very introspective guy and I would not recommend doing it the way I did it because there's a lot of other easy paths. There's a lot of people out there who have the knowledge and the wisdom and the experience to walk with you and, and guide you through your chaos. And it's a lot easier to do it with somebody than to try to figure it out alone. And what happens? Are there other methods or other um, organizations that you can align with them if it's something that's out of your hands too? Is that something you can provide someone to? Oh, Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm certainly not the only guy in the world who um, has, a, has a, a path. And so if somebody does call me, and, and I do get emails all the time you know, about treatment facilities or, or parental programs where you know, they want to connect with somebody in another town, um, there's a pretty good network. There's a good informational network, but it starts by asking for help. You know, make the call, make the email, whatever. And you, Robin, what's the best way to reach out to you? Um, definitely uh, at face, on a Facebook at Harmonized Tribe. Um, or you can email um, Urias, U-R-I-A-S, at HarmonizeYourTribe.com. You know. um, and, of course, I put my phone number out on the Facebook page. You can always just give me a call. Um, a lot of it um, is definitely a lot that participated, too, was jumping out of com old comfort zones and into, into new ones that inspired me. Um, and now that I'm clean... And, and free from drugs and sober, I'm now jumping into another realm of you know entrepreneurship or helping families. I just want to keep elevating my life and bring everyone who wants to come with me. So definitely um, find people, you know, that continue to add fuel to your fire and not put it out. And what's next for you? Are there upcoming events that we should know about? Or uh, um, so like I mentioned earlier, the, the speak. Oh, mm -hmm. sorry. Go ahead. You had uh, one that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, on July 19th, the speaking group will be at um, the Hilton Scottsdale Resort. Um, I will be giving a 15-minute presentation on how to uh, turn those uh, challenges in life and opportunities. And um, I'll definitely be posting more information on Harmonized Tribe, on more speaking events. But definitely just getting um, our word out there, who we are for families. You know, um, anything you want to add to that? Any game nights coming on? Because I, I love that whole idea. I think everyone should have, like, national game night. <laughs> yeah, turn off all electronics. Yes. Yeah. Let's Connect be together. with people. Yeah. 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 Have fun. Yeah. Um, oh. Nothing planned, but I'm sure we'll have one going on for the 4th of July or something. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Yeah, definitely want to bring back connectedness into the household and then how to 
how to like apply that when you go out and about, you know, because mainly right now our children are very shy when we're out in public, which who isn't, of course, I was at their age, but really have them become and embrace the importance of, you know, helping people feel safe around you and, have, and feeling safe around other people. It's really going to allow them to have that fearless mindset going into the world, whichever they want to, whatever they want to conquer or do, we want to make sure that our children and their friends and family know that we have their back and they're not alone if they want to venture in a new career path or, you know, go to, uh, go to college here or whatever we can do. Like, we want to inspire and help people and definitely stay in communication with David over here. He's an amazing man, amazing father, um, amazing parent. And I'm inspired and I want to be more like him, too. Yeah, uh, I hear partnership here. Totally. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And how is your son now, David? Is that something that's... Oh, it's, um, <laughs> I think, let's see, 20 months now, 20 months in long-term recovery. And the work awesome. that he's doing is, is phenomenal. Awesome. Just, just phenomenal. I can't, uh, can't say any more than that. Like I said earlier, you know, in, in my kudos to, to Roman and anybody else who's in long-term recovery, I just, um, I admire people who have to do, who embrace doing that kind of work because it's 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 awesome it's really surrendering yourself to a lot of things your your demons and your your old stories and um your self-awareness and your baggage and all that other stuff to really believe that life can be different and allowing yourself to really step into that space like like roman said every day i step into that space to be the dad that i desire to be mm. and i'm not and there's a commitment behind it says i'm not going back i heard that mm-hmm. yeah and um, that's a powerful thing to say because, you know, we all, you know, without going through those kind of journeys, we kind of like meander through life and we kind of go up and we go down and other stuff. And when you're in recovery, it's like saying, okay, I'm going to do this work and I'm going to stay in this place and I'm not going to, I'm, you know, beyond, not necessarily it's in my control, but I'm going to focus on the things that make me who I am. And I'm not who I was. I am who I am today and I'm staying there. And that's, you know, I love that work. And that's where my son is. It's mm, great. Super powerful. Now, does he ever team up with you as far as like the workshops and does he speak or does he kind of just stay behind the scenes? You can only see his smile. I know. <laughs> like, I feel like I know him through you, but yeah. like, do people get to know um, him? <laughs> not yet. And, Got it. and, and some, he knows more than anybody that that's on my heart, but it has mm-hmm. to be something he wants to do. Totally. Um, we have done a couple of things together and it's magical because he's got a great way of communicating and he um, has always been extremely um, raw and honest about his journey and he's even called out his dad in things and I love it because you know back to the whole authentic people go wow that was really real yeah that's we want you to get real because real is where truth lies Mm -hmm. it's where healing begins and that's why you know when we talk about selfless listening is is that we can't fix what's broken if we don't uncover it Mm. and we have to allow people to uncover it and express it so that we can deal with it even something as simple as your son saying mom that's not what i meant Mm -hmm. what he's saying is is don't let that be your truth let me explain to you what my truth was and when you do that that's where healing begins and healing just takes you to a whole different place wow wow so powerful definitely 
Yeah, so yeah, really present too. <laughs> like we're all as human beings just walking around wanting to be heard. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of us are just walking around wanting to be heard and not listening. Like the key here is just stop and listen. Super passionate about that, which is why I do what I do. So by trade, I'm a high school counselor. And so like stop and listen to the teenagers. Stop and listen to the parents. Stop and listen to my nieces and nephews, you know, and um, that's where it starts. That's the key. And I really admire like the courage it takes for the two of you to come out and share your story, how your challenges have turned into an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'm just really inspired by that. So well, thank and, you. and the families that surround us. Totally. I mean, it's, like, it's having, you know, like I saw you both just having a great time just being together, but it's that unit that the really contribution creates. they are mm-hmm. like that goes beyond our own family. Right. Like, you're, you're touching and having an impact on several hundreds of families in the future. So thank you. Thank you for doing that kind of work. Very welcome. We are honored. Wow. So tomorrow when we're with family, think of the show, yeah, being the listening. I know. It's so great. Um, I just want to thank you all for just coming, making the time to be here, sharing your story so authentically and and just moving all of us. Like, uh, I don't think there was a, a dry eye <laughs> yeah. at one point. So, um, I wore my waterproof mascara today. Totally. <laughs> but um, just thank you. And, and we look forward to the journey you guys are on and uh, what happens. And keep us in the know. We'll share some information on our Facebook page. And yeah, have a fantastic week. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, thank thank you. you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you.